Introduction Welcome to the Schlieverening, St. Brendan's Way. My name is Neil de Borca, and I will be your guide on this heritage trail that explores the life and extraordinary journeys of St. Brendan the Navigator, one of Ireland's most famous saints. St. Brendan was born in Fenet on the Atlantic coast of Kerry in 484 AD. He founded many monasteries, the most notable being Clonfert in County Galway and Ardfert in County Kerry. He is now celebrated as the patron saint of Kerry, the US Navy and all seafarers. While he is renowned as a missionary, he is most famous for his legendary voyage across the North Atlantic. Brendan may have reached North America a thousand years before Christopher Columbus, beating even the Vikings by centuries. His travel stories seem to describe the volcanoes of Iceland, the icebergs of Greenland, and the fog surrounding Newfoundland. His tales of discovering weird and wonderful places and meeting mermaids, dragons, and other magical creatures along the way are still well known worldwide. The Schlieverening, the Brendan Way, is a 26-kilometer-long heritage trail that follows the northern side of Tralee Bay, a wild coast that shaped the life of a young man whose travel adventures across the Atlantic were written down in monasteries all over Europe and became a medieval bestseller. We are lucky because many places in North Kerry are still connected to Brendan today. As we follow in St. Brendan's footsteps, we will visit seven local sites, each recalling aspects of young Brendan's life, from Phoenix, where he was born and spent his childhood, to Termin Eric in Lerig, the site of an ancient church where Brendan was ordained by his mentor, Bishop Ark, a former Druid. This audio guide will introduce you to Brendan and the landscapes that shaped him growing up. Phoenix, the starting point of our tour, is connected to Tralee by the Greenway, a stunning walking and cycling path that offers panoramic views across Tralee Bay to the cloud-capped Schlievemish Mountains and the fortress of Kuri Magdara, the Hound King of the Forest, a world of beauty and legend so familiar to young Brendan. Some of the sights along our trail are on the Greenway route, so you can explore them as you walk or cycle. We hope you will enjoy your own epic journey and hear some of the tales and great miracles connected to St. Brendan along the way. If you cannot travel to the coast of Kerry, you are more than welcome to join us on a virtual voyage by following along on our story map. So, whether you are listening from the comfort of your home or following the trail, we hope you enjoy the story of St. Brendan the Navigator. While we make our way to our first stop, the St. Brendan Statue in Heritage Park on Great Samphar Island, Phoenix Harbour. I'll tell you more about St. Brendan. St. Brendan The story of St. Brendan's life and voyages has come down to us through manuscripts written by monks in Irish and Latin over a thousand years ago. Some manuscripts tell us about his early life while others record St. Brendan's amazing adventures at sea and are collectively known as the Navigatio Sancti Brandani Abatis, or the Voyage of St. Brendan. These stories belong to an ancient and exotic type of travel literature, Imrama in Irish, 
and they share themes with Homer's Iliad and the Arabians' Tales of Sinbad. St. Brendan's adventures include spending a night on a giant whale, speaking to a mermaid, watching an epic battle between a sea dragon and a giant bird, and encountering crystal pillars and mountains of fire, which you will hear about in this guide. Based on some of these descriptions, scholars believe it is possible to map St. Brendan's voyages. For example, the island of Smiths could be Iceland, the Crystal Pillars icebergs near Greenland, and the promised land of the saints is thought to be Newfoundland on the eastern coast of Canada. The voyage of St. Brendan was particularly popular in medieval France, Spain, Germany and Italy, and his travel stories became Europe's first bestseller. There was such demand for copies that they were multiplied to an extraordinary extent. Christopher Columbus even read one copy of the Navigatio at the University of Pavia. This is said to have inspired him to visit Ireland and hire an Irish navigator for his travels. Even up until the mid-1800s, maps depicted the mysterious St. Brendan's Isle, or High Brazil, far to the west of Ireland. St. Brendan was also a missionary who founded numerous churches across Ireland and Britain, which led Anamnon, the abbot of Iona, to call him the greatest founder of monasteries of them all. St. Brendan is still venerated today, particularly on his feast day, May the 16th, and by popular belief, he is one of the 12 apostles of Ireland. Many churches were built and named in his honor. All across Kerry and Ireland, we have mountains, holy wells, schools, sports clubs, and community centers named after St. Brendan. Naturally, the school of his birthplace, Phoenix, is called St. Brendan's National School. Here in Phoenix, Brendan is seen as a guiding spirit, a symbol of the community, and the protector of the harbour and all fishermen. St. Brendan's Way, or the Schlieve Reining, was developed over the past 25 years, thanks to support from the local community, especially the late Father Garoid O'Donnacha. Father Garoid was a scholar, priest and sailor, often called the Keeper of St. Brendan's Flame. He sailed the Atlantic Ocean and was deeply devoted to the Christian faith. He often cited St. Brendan as his inspiration and published a detailed study of the saint, which is the basis of our audio guide. As you journey around St. Brendan's Way, or the Schlieve Reining, we hope you feel the saint's protective and adventurous spirit guiding you. When you are ready, make your way to our first stop, the St. Brendan Statue and Heritage Park on Great Samphar Island in Phoenix Harbour. Stop 1. St. Brendan's Statue and Heritage Park In the year 2000, a group of local people, with the guidance of Father Garoid O'Donnacha, embarked on a journey to honour St. Brendan in Phoenix, his native birthplace. A perfect location was found on Great Samphire Island, overlooking Phoenix Harbour. Great Samphire Island protects Phoenix Harbour and is connected to the mainland by a viaduct, where local anglers still fish. These waters would have been familiar to young Brendan, 
would have learned to sail and fish for pollock, stingrays, mackerel, sea bass, crabs, lobsters and oysters. To this day, Phoenix and Trilibe are home to one of Europe's largest self-seeding wild oyster beds. There are two samphire islands in Venus. Both take their name from the small yellowy-green samphire flower, which flourishes on the rocky shores of the islands. Little Samphire Island lies furthest west and is home to Phoenix Lighthouse, a beacon that has been guiding sailors and fishermen safely home since the 1850s. On Great Samphire Island's highest peak stands the impressive bronze statue of St. Brendan. At 3.6 metres, or 12 feet in height, the saint dominates the skyline. He stands braced against a Force 10 storm. He grips a manuscript in his right hand, while his left hand points towards the wild Atlantic Ocean, reflecting the tradition of the mythological Fianna warriors. Brendan is depicted in their battle stance. Gluen la glee agus trig la taka. Knee bent towards the battle, rear foot against the support, let there be no retreat. We can picture Brendan leaning into a Force 10 gale, like those he faced at sea on his own travels, his cloak blowing out behind him, grasping the gospel, pointing towards the Atlantic. The statue stands on a boat-shaped plinth, referencing the saint's nautical adventures. The plinth was constructed by local stonemasons Tom and Eugene Farrelly, while sculptor Tygo Donahue Ross created the bronze statue. Tig's work can be found worldwide in the Bibliothèque Nationale de France, the Hugh Lane Gallery in Dublin, and the Smithsonian American Art Museum. Tig also created the popular statue on Coppel Moor. This overlooks the border between counties Cork and Kerry. Two beautiful stained glass windows, also by Tig O'Donoghue Ross, depicting St. Brendan and his travel adventures can be seen in Fina Church. The statue has many intriguing details, such as the cloak hem depicting 100 heads, representing the Islamic tradition of the hundred names of God. This motif was inspired by the decorated heads above the doorcase of Clonfirth Cathedral. This cathedral, located in County Galway, was founded by St. Brendan and is his final resting place. Local tradition says you might receive a blessing if you count all 100 heads. Beneath the statue is the heritage park containing interesting archaeological replicas of objects and sites that can be found in County Kerry. These include a copy of the Riusk cross-inscribed stone on the Dingle Peninsula and the Clochon, or Beehive Hut, similar to the ones used by monks on Skellig Michael and other early medieval settlements. After enjoying the views and exploring the Heritage Park, follow the Schlievraining to our next stop, Fenet Island, St. Brendan's birthplace. Stop 2. Phoenix Island, Brendan's Birthplace To the north of Phoenix Village is Phoenix Island, or Phoenix Within, a populated island enclosing Barrow Harbour. 
It has a public beach, which can be found by following the signs at the village gala shop. The beach is open all year round, but there is no public access to Thenet Island. The island is connected to the mainland by a narrow sandbar and tombolo, allowing access at low tide. Interesting ruins on the island include a late medieval castle built by the Fitzmorrises, two churches and a burial ground. Somewhere on this island, Brendan was born in the year 484 AD. Brendan's parents were Finlu of the Altri, a sept of the Curie, and Cara of the Corcoguina. His brothers were Domingan, Fatlik, and Fuelon, and his sister was Bridge. His family were Christian, as were many others in the area, due to contact with traders, missionaries, and exiles from Britain, France, Spain, and the Mediterranean countries. Befitting of a mythological hero, miraculous events foretold St. Brendan's greatness. On the night before his birth, Phoenix was enveloped by a dense white sea mist. Angels appeared in a blaze of light, and the 30 cows gave birth to 30 healthy calves. Bec a legendary Irish prophet, had foretold the birth of Brendan to Arde, the local chieftain, who visited Brendan on the day of his birth and claimed him as his foster child. Another important visitor was Bishop Urk, who had seen a bright light shine over Fenet. He later baptised Brendan at Tubburn the Mould Holy Well. We can imagine Brendan growing up on Fenet Island, playing with his siblings, running along the sandy beaches and learning the ways of the sea and of ships. It is here that he saw the Brent geese gather in March on the Barrow mudflats, flying off to the northwest. We can imagine him watching, wondering what lies beyond the horizon. Maybe Brendan would gather around the fire at night time, listening to stories about selkies, better known as sea people or mermaids who are half fish and half human. Perhaps it comes as no surprise that one of Brendan's travel stories is about a mermaid. One day on his voyage, Brendan spotted a mermaid. She was very big. Her height was a hundred feet and even her middle finger measured seven feet. Her hair was long and golden, and her skin was whiter than snow or the foam of the water. Brendan asked her a few questions. Where do you come from? Where is your family? To the surprise of his fellow monks, the mermaid answered in a strange language which only Brendan could understand. Of the inhabitants of the sea am I, but I am of your faith. Stop 3. Kilfenora Church Kilfenora Church, also known as Kilmore, or the Big Church, is believed to have been founded by St. Brendan in 520 AD. Its name, Kilfenora, clearly shows a connection to Brendan, as the name Fionor is a pseudonym of Brendan. A small pile of stone is all that survives of the church, 
which is located in a private field that is not publicly accessible. However, standing here in the past, you may have seen a small church or oratory orientated east-west on the hill before you. As would be typical of these early Christian foundations, the church might have had monastic cells and workshops nearby, which could have been enclosed by a large oval earthen bank, marking the area as sacred. Kilfenora Church developed over time and was still in use 800 years later when it was recorded on the taxation list of 1300 AD, and it appears to be one of the most important parishes in the Diocese of Ardfurt. Though the church is now gone, the townland still bears its name today. The field where the church once stood is beside the greenway that connects Fenet with Tralee. This 13.6-kilometre route runs along the north coast of Tralee Bay and offers beautiful views south to the Dingle Peninsula. On clear days, the peak of Mount Brandon can be seen. This is where St. Brendan fasted and prayed for 40 days before his epic voyage across the Atlantic. On his travels, Brendan encountered a much taller mountain that may have been an active volcano on the island of Smiths. One day, the wind drove them northwards. Under heavy skies, a jagged outline of land, wrapped in clouds and gloomy fog, began to appear on the horizon. A sickening smell engulfed them. They rode with all their strength to escape from the terrifying island, but strong currents dragged them on. Brendan felt their anxiety and said, I must tell you that we are approaching doom. You have never been more in need of God's help. When they came near, live coals rained down around them. Blocks of rock split by the fierce heat fell sizzling into the sea. As they were pulled against their will towards the erupting mountain, the monks saw a terrifying monster emerge, spitting fire and waving a huge hammer. As soon as they saw them, the demon blacksmith vanished at once into the smoking pit from where he had come. Brendan cried to his companions, Courage! Brothers! Courage! Grab your oars! Row! Row with all your strength! We have to get away from this infernal island! That monster, he will come back and do his utmost to smash us all to bits! The monster came out again almost at once from his forge, holding an enormous piece of red-hot iron in his tongs, and with a mighty throw hurled it at them. The great glowing block whistled over their heads, scattering sparks, and then it fell into the sea close to the boat. Quick, raise the sail, Brendan ordered. Fortunately, a wind blew them out of reach of the fiery rods falling around them. They kept looking back in wonder at the mountain, still spitting, stinking smoke. Fire and flames were still spouting from it. Great bogs of blazing timber and white hot iron, pitch and sulfur shot into the air and fell back into the sea. When you are ready, follow the Schlievening to our next stop, Cahar Ring Ringfort where you will learn about St. Brendan's foster father, 
To get there, you can follow the Greenway as far as the Spa and then turn left onto the road to Ardfert. After about 1.2 kilometers, you will see a way marker for Cahar Arda. Stop 4. Cahar Arda. Cahar Arda is a ring fort situated in a prominent location on a hill near Spa village. It grants a superb view over Phoenix Island, Barrow, Ardfert, and the plain of North Kerry. Very little is left of this ring fort that is inaccessible to the public, but its outline can be seen from the road. Cahar Arda is named in the Irish life of St. Brendan, written in the middle of the 8th century. It is also noted on 16th century maps and is still called Cahar Arda to this day. It was the home of a local chieftain, Arja Macfiedig, who was visited by the chief prophet of all Ireland, Bech Macday, on the night of St. Brendan's birth. On that evening, the chieftain Arda asked, What great event do you now predict for us? The prophet Bech Macday replied, Your own legitimate and powerful prince shall be born this night, between here and the seashore, and many other kings and royal chieftains who he shall guide in the service of God to the enjoyment of heaven. After that pronouncement, the night sky around Phoenix began to glow. Arda was curious about this revelation and the strange light over Phoenix Island. He wanted to ask more, but before he could, an eruption of lowing and mooing could be heard outside the fort. When he stepped out to find the source of the sound, he witnessed a strange miracle. Thirty of his cows suddenly went into labor and gave birth to thirty healthy calves. Seeing this as a sign, Arda prepared his men to rise at dawn and to go to Phoenix. They crossed the golden sandbar and arrived at Finlu's house. When Arda saw the newborn child, the great chieftain prostrated himself on the floor. He sent for his men to bring down the thirty miraculous cows and calves and offered them to St. Brendan's family. He then took the baby in his arms and he said, This child shall be my foster child forevermore. Fosterage was a common practice in Ireland during early medieval times. It was much different from today. In the medieval era, Fosterage was primarily about learning skills and making strong, lifelong connections and alliances. Getting your child into a suitable foster family was vital for social progress. Parents would use all their influence or even pay for the best, and the extended family would have a say in where the child was placed. Typically, children were fostered around the age of seven. However, there are accounts of children being younger as was the case here. Brendan came to live with Arthur when he was a toddler and he stayed until he was seven years old. He undoubtedly learned valuable skills from Arthur who lived at the time when the old pagan beliefs and the new Christian faith coexisted side by side. Interestingly, Arthur's own great-grandson was St. Cartage also known as St. Machuda, 
He founded Lismore Abbey in 635 AD, and this was associated with two medieval masterpieces, the Lismore Crozier and the Book of Lismore. When you are ready, follow the trail to the next stop, Ardfert Cathedral, one of Brendan's most important monastic foundations. Stop 5. Ardfirth Cathedral Ardfirth Cathedral is part of a complex of churches devoted to St. Brendan. It was built on the site of an early medieval monastery founded by the saint in around 520 AD. St. Brendan's original church was most likely a wooden structure, of which nothing remains today. According to legend, St. Brendan had planned to build his church at a different location, but a large bird swooped on the plans he had drawn for the church and flew off. The bird dropped these plans here in Ardfert, and Brendan took this as a sign. Even though Ardfert Cathedral can be architecturally dated to the 11th to 17th centuries, Recent archaeological excavations showed that it had been continuously used as a burial ground from the 6th century. Interestingly, during the excavation, it was observed that on the 16th of May, the sun rises at the cathedral's east end, suggesting that the building is aligned with an earlier church whose foundation stone was laid on the 16th of May, St. Brendan's feast day. In the 12th century, Ardfirth became Kerry's medieval ecclesiastical capital, and the diocese controlled an area corresponding with much of modern County Kerry. Thanks to pilgrims and wealthy patrons, money poured into Ardfirth. This allowed for the creation of beautiful architectural features which can still be seen today, such as the magnificent 12th century Romanesque doorway and the great lancet windows which are said to align with the rising sun on the 16th of May. During the excavation of the cathedral, more than 2,000 burials were discovered. Some of these contained objects such as a beautiful pewter pilgrim's badge in the shape of a scallop shell. The shell bears the gilded figure of St. James of Compostela, complete with his pilgrim's hat, satchel and staff. Such treasured badges belonged to pilgrims who had made the long, arduous journey from Kerry to Santiago de Compostela in Spain. Unfortunately, Ardfirth Cathedral was burned in the 1580s during the Desmond Rebellion. After this, the magnificent church fell out of use, with the exception of the South Transept. This was converted into a parish church in the late 17th century. Today, the restored south transept functions as an OPW visitor centre from May to September. On display in the centre is an exhibition on the history of Ardfert, as well as a number of artefacts. Head guide Donald Stack is a fount of knowledge and a gifted artist. He drew the detailed map of the St. Brendan Way that accompanies this guide. The village of Ardfert also has an active historical society which is keeping St. Brendan's legacy alive in North Kerry. Before you leave Ardfirth, make sure to explore the other two medieval churches within the cathedral complex, 
Temple Naho and Temple Na Griffin. Both churches contain beautiful architectural features and carvings. Temple Na Griffin is named for a fascinating carving depicting a griffin and a dragon, two magical beasts which coincidentally also appear in Brendan's legendary travel stories. One day, a griffin appeared in the sky above them. When the monks saw it, they became terrified and said to Brendan, What are we going to do? The beast has come to eat us. But Brendan answered, Do not be afraid. God is on our side. He will defend us. The bird stretched its talons to seize Brendan and everyone on board. When suddenly, when all seemed lost, a giant bird came to their help and attacked the griffin. The bird tore out the eyes of the griffin, who now tried to escape by flying so high up in the sky the monks could barely see it anymore. The bird flew after the griffin and killed it so that it couldn't return to harm Brendan anymore. The next story is also about an equally terrifying encounter. For six weeks, a favourable wind carried them westwards. Then the sea became still, and suddenly a storm arose, and the whole boat, driven by gale-force winds, creaked and groaned. Imagine the horror when they saw racing towards them a monstrous sea serpent, flames gushing from its jaws, and a roar like fifteen gulls. Their blood froze in their veins, but Brendan, he cried, don't, don't be afraid. He who trusts his creator should not fear one of his creatures. The serpent was just about to reach the boat when another monster broke surface with a bellow of rage. The boat first turned against the enemy and the two gigantic beasts reared up to attack each other. Flames from their nostrils spurted up to the clouds, their fins clashed like shields, and their fangs pierced like swords. Blood poured from their wounds, turning the sea bright red. The second monster was victorious, and destroyed the vanquished by biting it clean through into three chunks, and then it disappeared beneath the waves. When you are ready, go to Tuberna Holy Well, also known as Weather's Well to discover where St. Brendan was baptised. The Holy Well is located in the townland of Tubrid, about four kilometres east of Ardfirth Cathedral. Stop 6. Tubernamolt Holy Well Tubernamolt is a holy well that has been a place of devotion since pagan times. This natural spring was used to baptise St. Brendan, but it is also the source of the River Tish that supplied Ardfert in Brendan's time. To this day, it is a magical place, hidden away from the world in a small three-lined enclosure, devotedly looked after by the landowners. Besides the Holy Well, there is a small stone house known as the Chapel, and that is filled with religious statues, memorial cards and tokens from pilgrims. Nearby is a mound thought to be the grave of St. Eta, Brendan's friend and foster mother. A small ragtree grows next to Eta's grave with brightly coloured scraps of cloth 
that match the bright flowers growing in this peaceful sanctuary. There is also a large medieval stone, altar or tomb, possibly from Ardforth Cathedral or Kiri Alison Abbey in Abidorney. The three figures on the front of the altar are believed to be Bishop Ark in the middle, with St. Brendan and St. Ita on either side. Their faces are now largely lost to us, as there has long been a tradition for pilgrims to carve a cross on them using a stone. Shortly after Brendan's birth, Bishop Ark brought the boy who was then called Movi to the Holy Well for baptism. Immediately, a white mist enveloped them. Bishop Urk, taking this as a sign, called the child Brenyan, meaning white drop or mist. From that day forward, the child was known to all as Brendan. This wasn't the only name change. Tubernamolt is also known as Weather's Well, because according to legend, St. Brendan's foster father, Arthur MacFeelig, gave three weathers or castrated male sheep as a baptism fee. Weather is an old English word meaning male sheep and it was popularly used before 900 AD which gives credence to it being the true origin of the name. Another variation in local tradition links the name to a miraculous incident that took place during penal times when priests were secretly celebrating mass at the well. As English redcoats approached with their dogs three weathers jumped out of the well, leading the dogs and soldiers north to a place called Akra, or Aquerok, the ford of the sheep, where they disappeared. Meanwhile, the hunted priests made their escape and were thus saved from certain death. Another famous travel story where an animal is helping Brendan and his fellow monks is the story of Brendan and the Whale. One day, they steered towards a strange island. There was no beach. The island was rocky and devoid of vegetation. They spent the night of Easter Eve on the island. And in the morning, after celebrating Mass, they made a fire and set a cauldron to boil the meat for the Easter meal. Brendan remained aboard, for he alone was aware of the sort of island they were dealing with. But he did not tell them because he did not want to frighten them. Suddenly, the island started to move and headed away from the boat at great speed. The monks tumbled off and were left struggling in the sea. Ahoy there, wait for us, they yelled to Brendan. They were terrified. He threw ropes to them and they all managed to swim to the boat and get aboard. The island was already far away, but they could still make out the fire they had lit. Brendan told them, Brothers, do you know what gave you such a fright? You are on the biggest animal that lives in the sea. It's called Jasconius, and for the next six years, we will come back here to celebrate Easter on the back of this whale. Take some time to explore this site and read about the rounds performed here in the small chapel before making your way to our final stop, Terman Erk or the Sanctuary of Urk. Stop 7. Terman Urk, the place of Brendan's ordination. Terman Urk, known locally as the Mokon, has been venerated from time immemorial. 
The word termin means sanctuary, from the Latin word terminus, meaning boundary, suggesting that this was a privileged place of refuge in troubled times, a place no one dared violate. There are many theories as to what Termin Irk may have been. Some say it was once Bishop Irk's see or the centre of his authority and jurisdiction. Others believe it may be the oldest church in Kerry or the final resting place of St Irk. As we have heard, Bishop Irk, a former Druid and later saint, played an important part in St Brendan's life from the beginning. He foretold and witnessed St. Brendan's birth. He baptised him and became his teacher. When St. Brendan had learned all he could from Bishop Urk, he was sent to other great Christian teachers, including St. Jarlath in Galway and St. Finian of Clonard. When the time came for him to become a priest, St. Brendan returned to Bishop Urk to be ordained at Terman Urk in around 510 AD. Very little survives here, except about half an acre of grass-covered mounds that have been preserved by the local people. Still, we can imagine Bishop Urk standing here with St. Brendan a little over 1,500 years ago, making the sacred vows. Our trail ends here, in the very spot where Brendan's missionary work and his legendary travels across the Atlantic began. It was the feast day of St. John, which falls on the 24th of June, when Brendan departed Kerry to find the promised land of the saints. To this day, St. John's feast day is still celebrated in the west of Ireland, and if you ever visit Venus on the 24th of June at dusk, look across Tralee Bay to the Dingle Peninsula and watch the many fires being lit by the keepers of St. Brendan's Flame. St. Brendan's Life and Legacy After his ordination, St. Brendan established a number of monasteries across Ireland, particularly in Kerry, the Shannon Estuary, Galway and Mayo. There are also many stories connected to his foundation on the island of Inishglora, located off the northwest coast of Mayo. Apparently, no woman would dare approach the holy well there that was dedicated to him. He also features here in the famous tale of the children of Lur, when at the end of their 900 years in the form of swans, Brendan baptised them, allowing the cursed children to return to human form before crumbling to dust. Sailors still dip their sails out of respect for St. Brendan as they sail past in Ishglora today. After his voyages, St. Brendan returned to Ireland and continued to work as a missionary spreading the Christian faith. St. Brendan also travelled to Britain and churches were founded in his name in Scotland, Wales and France. His last and perhaps most famous foundation was Clonfert, where he spent the later years of his life until in the late 500s, while visiting his sister Breege in Annadown on the shores of Loch Carroll, St. Brendan passed away on the 16th of May. This date is now venerated as his feast day. Fearing that his devotees might take his remains as relics, St. Brendan left orders for his body to be secretly carried back to Clonfert, where he was laid to rest. 
St. Brendan's connection to this church was so strong that he was often known as St. Brendan of Clonfert. Though he died over 1,400 years ago, St. Brendan's legacy can be found throughout the world and especially in his homeland of County Kerry. Here his name is remembered in the many churches he established. His name can also be found in the landscape, in places like Mount Brandon and Brandon Creek, where to this very day pilgrims travel, especially on his feast day. Many adventurers, authors and poets have been inspired by the fantastic adventures of St. Brendan. For years, Brendan's remarkable voyage across the Atlantic was deemed impossible until renowned British explorer Tim Severn decided to follow in St. Brendan's footsteps. He and his crew met a Corrock using traditional tools, techniques and materials. And on the 17th of May, 1976, they rode out of Brandon Creek on the Dingle Peninsula, the spot where St. Brendan departed almost 1,500 years earlier. Their epic 7,200-kilometre journey from Kerry to Newfoundland lasted 13 months and proved that St. Brendan's famous trip was possible. St. Brendan's life and adventures also inspired renowned author J.R.R. Tolkien, who wrote The Lord of the Rings. The story of the elves sailing across the water to the undying lands imitates the story of St. Brendan and the Isle of the Blessed. Now that our voyage with St. Brendan is reaching a close, there are few more fitting ways to end than with the closing verse of Imran, a poem Tolkien wrote in honour of Kerry's famous seafaring saint. At last out of the deep sea he passed, and a mist rolled on the shore, under clouded moon the waves were loud as the laden ship him bore. To Ireland, back to wood and mire, and the tower tall and grey, where the knell of Clunferte's bell toiled in green Galway, where Shannon down to Loch Jurig ran, under a rain-clad sky, St. Brendan came to his journey's end to find the grace to die. Conclusion We hope you've enjoyed this audio guide of the Schlieverening, or St. Brendan's Way. You have now travelled in the footsteps of St. Brendan from Phoenix, where he was born and grew up, to the Holy Well where he was baptised, the ancient ring fort where he was fostered, to his ordination site and two of his early churches, including the magnificent Ardfirth Cathedral. You have also travelled to Great Samphire Island, where the statue of St. Brendan continues to scan the horizon, looking for new adventures. This audio guide was produced by Abarta Heritage on behalf of the St. Brendan Heritage Committee, with support from the Heritage Council. It was written by the current chairperson of the St. Brendan Heritage Committee, Venus, based on the research and books by Father Garoid O'Donoghue, St. Brendan's greatest champion. Narration was by Neil de Burka. The guide was produced in Bluebird Studios with sound engineer Declan Lonergan and Tara Clark from Abarta Heritage. Thanks to the St. Brendan Committee and in particular Claudia Cooler for all their guidance, help and support throughout the project. 
More audio guides are available from our website, abartaheritage.ie, or on your favourite podcast platform. Simply search for Abarta Heritage to discover the stories of Ireland.